discovering the formula for continual expansion of your own greatness with the author of Life Mastery, Your Personal Progression Towards Infinite Potential, Sherry Sterling Fernandes, here on episode number 161 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. And this is how I discovered that happiness comes from personal progression. That's what, that's what makes us happy, going towards that infinite potential. Hi, this is the happy meditator, Tommy Khan. I help people and teams feel happier, more mindful, and resilient lives. Dr. Brad Miller is here on the Beyond Adversity podcast, helping you to navigate beyond adversity to peace of mind. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people, and welcome to Beyond Adversity adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. It is my pleasure to come to you each week with a message of hope to help you to navigate adverse conditions in your life and to emerge to a life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. I come to you with a wealth of knowledge and background experience in Christian ministry and a doctoral degree in transformational leadership. But most of all, I care about seeing lives change, especially when people are stuck in some form of adversity, be it depression or a disease or debt, or perhaps dealing with a a, a divorce situation or even death in the family. All those are things that can happen that can put us on the sideline, and that's not where we're going to get the best out of life. We want to have a promised life of peace and prosperity and purpose, and we're here to be helpful to you. In order to do that, you got to make progress. You can go to our website, drbradmiller.com. We have got a free gift for you there, and you can find over 160 episodes of the podcast where we teach and lead and have conversations with great leaders and teachers and folks who have somehow or another overcome adversity in their life and will speak into yours. Today we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Sherry Sterling Fernandes. She is going to help us today in the power of making progress with, among other things, written charts. You're going to love this episode because it is so incredibly practical and pragmatic. It is all about making progress one small step at a time. She calls it her formula for continual expansion into your own greatness. A formula of contentment plus progress equals happiness. She came out of a lot of difficulties in her own life growing up and then went on to form a very successful business, but is always a student of of progress, a student of self-empowerment, a student by reading and by consuming and by taking courses on areas of helping to make her own life better. And now she applies it in her teaching and her leadership that she has and by writing the book, Life Mastery, Personal Progression Towards an Infinite Potential. 
She's here to be helpful to us today on the Beyond Adversity podcast, and will share with us about her book, about her story of overcoming adversity in her life, and what she can teach you about making personal progress towards your infinite potential. Our guest today on Beyond Adversity, her name is Sherry Sterling Fernandes. Let's get into that conversation right now. Dr. Brad Miller here on Beyond Adversity. This is the podcast where we help you to advance, navigate through adverse conditions in your life, and to emerge to a place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We love to talk to authors and leaders and teachers who have had a story to tell about how they have had advanced in one way or another, navigated through adverse conditions in their life, and have had success and a process to do so that we can learn from. Our author guest today is Sherry Sterling Fernandes, and she is the author of Life Mastery, Personal Progression Towards an Infinite Potential. It's her first book, and she's going to tell, talk to us today and share with us about her story, which is a rag to riches story with her husband, Ken. They went through and found success in their life and uh, through their business adventures, and but most of, especially through the process that they call the life mastery process, which came after their study of principles of success and practicing those principles. And that's what she teaches and that's the focus of the areas that she's going to share with us here about today. And uh, she has, uh, uh, has the life mastery as a process of contentment, progress, and happiness. And she's going to be helpful to us today. So we welcome to Beyond Adversity, Sherry Sterling Fernandes. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you here with us today, Sherry, on the podcast. You say that this is a kind of a rags to riches story. And I know that in your story, not only in building a business and that you're going to tell us about it a little bit, but also in growing up, did you've had a few uh, challenges in your life before you kind of emerged to some success? And can you just share with us a little bit about your story, uh, how you evolved from uh, growing up and so on and through some of the challenges that you have faced some of the adversities you may have faced at, and, and where you're at, at now. Just a little bit about Sherry. Yeah, well, thank you. I, uh, yeah, I didn't, I guess I wouldn't really never think about my background as having adversity exactly, but if I tell you the details, you'd say, oh, that sounds like adversity. But my parents were divorced. We did the number of marriages kind of thing, the same with the abusive stepfather, that kind of stuff. Did have some years of stability when I got a little bit older, but I just was a little wild a lot of my problems I created for myself got myself in some drinking and partying and that kind of thing and then when I finally settled down had a baby and first and then met my husband and we we got married I realized I wanted things I wanted everything I wanted a rich spiritual life I wanted a fabulous marriage I'd not get married and now here I was married so I wanted the best marriage I could have and I wanted to do things and travel problem was we were just barely surviving we were like not barely putting food on the table we were just really broke and so I had to figure out and of course it wasted my education years because we were partying it was the early 70s you know on young people on the road lots of pot and drinking and parties and you know drugs and stuff like that I just wasted those years I might have gotten a degree or done something or some experience or 
build up some money. So those were gone. So I thought, now how am I going to get from here? Now I've got two babies. How am I going to get from here, a place of poverty, to some place that I wanted to go? So I started reading the books, and I started with Big um, Ziggler's books at the top. And I started thinking of ways to grow and applying things, principles that I knew and that I learned. My husband was the same, listening to the great mentors of those days and all the Zig Ziglar's and Jim Rohn, of course, and and Brian Tracy and reading the books and and applying the principles and refining them. And then I began teaching them and started mentoring uh, people myself. And then COVID hit and I wrote a book. And that's kind of how I got from there to here. But really great, marvelous life, found success in all the areas I teach in, rich spiritual life, great marriage, lots of money in the bank, well-educated. I was able to hit all the high points and be really successful. Could you kind of came through the school of hard knocks a little bit through the process you're talking there. And you learned a lot because you invested a lot in your personal education after having some challenges uh, in your life to overcome growing up and choices. We all make choices, but then you made some choices to change. That's what I want to talk to you about a little bit, Sherry, is some of the choices that you made for to, to change. What do you think were some of the specific choices? I like to call them bold actions or actions that we take that you took to transform because you know, as well as I do, that there's a lot of people who went through similar experiences uh, when they were young, in your case, in the, in the 70s, through all that process you're talking about there, who still, you know, are still stuck there, right? Are still stuck that that kind of life and lifestyle. Doesn't make a difference how old you are. People can still stay stuck. You chose not to. And so what I'm really fascinated about, about, about your story, Sherry, is what you did. What were some of the actions that you took? What were some of the things that really broke the mold in your life to get you where you're at today? I like the way you asked the question, what did I do? What, what were the things that I did? Because it requires doing things. You can want and want and want, but you have to actually do something. And it's what you do every day. It wasn't instantaneous, obviously. It took quite a few years before uh, things started to come together for us financially. Some other things came a little quicker. But what did I do? Um, first of all, the lifestyle I had been living was extremely undisciplined, right? And that's a very undisciplined party. Uh, don't much of yourself so I had to start with some disciplines and I nobody taught me this particular thing I just uh I just had seen a child's chart and I thought that works for children and work for me so I made a little chart for myself that was um like a like a we call them tracking sheets now but I listed the habits I wanted which were just some basic ones I wanted to pray every day I wanted to read from the scriptures every day and I wanted to write my journal every day that's just where I started it's just those three so I made this little tracking sheet or little chart on a three by five card and I had it in my kitchen and I would check it. If I did the thing I was supposed to do every day, I would get a check. And if I didn't, there was a blank and I didn't like the blanks. I didn't want my friends or family to see me having any blanks. So I used my pride a little bit and it worked, you know, it took time. I developed those three habits and then I added. So did you have this like posted somewhere and you were. I posted on my kitchen, yeah, my kitchen cabinet where we had quite a few people in our home in those days and friends and family and uh, younger siblings. And it served a little bit as a, um, I, I used that as a, nobody ever said a word about it, but I just thought nobody's going to see a spot on my chart without a, without a check on so it. So you held yourself accountable in a sense to the other people just by, just by having it out in public. I used it in my ego, I guess, as a little bit of a, a accountability partner felt exercise. And I started exercising every single day. And, and now my, I still do that. I don't have to put prayer on it. For example, some of these things I don't have to put anymore because they're such habits, but I still 
track about 10 things a day, how much water I drink and my workouts and they qualify to be a certain kind of workout or they don't, the X, the, you know, the check mark. Yeah, I still do that. And that's, that's probably the crux of my training program is you got to do something and you have to, Peter Drucker said, if it's not measured, it's not managed. And so you've got to, you've got to measure what you're doing, find a way to be a, hold yourself accountable. Those tracking sheets, wait, I give away freely. They're on my website. You can get those if you wanted to try that for yourself, but they work. My clients all ran into, I've, I've taught this years ago and they'll say, I'm still doing that. And it's made a difference in my life. That one thing, there's other skills I teach, but that one skill to track your daily habits, because it's all about daily habits. It's just all about daily habits. Yeah, that accountability to yourself of the literally putting a pencil to paper makes a difference, doesn't it? And there's something that's to be said about the actual physical act and the check mark and so on about uh, accomplishment. And you, as you said, you didn't want to see any blank spaces on. It. And even you know today, our and I've, uh, as I've taught this over the years, nobody does. No, everybody it sounds like such a maybe childish thing, but nobody, everybody likes to get that check, and nobody likes empty spaces, and so. When I teach this, I teach them to do it exactly that way. You get a check if you did it. You have an empty space if you didn't. It's the ego or it's our brain, whatever it is, doesn't like those empty spaces. And, and nobody wants to go to bed with an empty space on their little chart. Well, we're all wired up a little differently. I know that sometimes when I'm, I'm a teacher and a pastor, and sometimes I do uh, outlines for messages, which have fill in the blank type of things. And uh, if sometimes if I somehow forget or misstate something so that one blank is not filled in, I hear from it from some people, you know, because they can't stand it to not have that blank filled in that you have. It's awesome that you have this action that you've taken. And and I think it's uh, very uh, relevant to if you want to change in your life, you've got to be very intentional. Uh, life is just going to slip by if you just say, I will let that go. I'll chart something, you know, tomorrow or let it go or whatever it is. We have to take action and fulfill those actions. And that that's uh, commendable. Most people just let life happen, right? Like you say, they just, you just let life happen. But as that taking action and doing something, but statistically, we think about three to 5% of people actually design their own lives. And you can see how that happens. You just do the same things every day, every day. And you're going to change one of these days, but you don't do anything. And then one day you're old. Well, the whole premise of uh, this podcast and the work I do about getting beyond adversity, adversity is those things that happen in our life, such as what you've already mentioned here. It can be, you know, it can be uh, depression or death in the family or disease or financial issues, anything. It can get us stuck in order to get out of that. We have to take action and to do something about it. And I also believe, you know, Sherry, that we need, that's kind of uh, the physical part, if you will, for instance, to exercise. When I go work out in the mornings, I got to get my car and drive to the gym. So that's my kind of, my impetus there. But there's also a little more to it, I believe. And I'd like you to speak for a little bit. You mentioned already in your comments earlier, any connection to a higher power or something beyond yourself, a spiritual thing or a meditative process, anything that kind of goes to the inner life about your transformative process. Yeah, absolutely. And I deeply uh, spiritual and religious. And I uh, also something I started at that same period of life is I, one of the things I want to do is start to pray. And I felt like that was fundamental. So yeah, you know, if I can call on a higher power to help me get through these things, it makes all the difference in the world. And I like, I was reading a book, Ryan Holiday, and he said, if our bodies were all of a sudden went numb, we'd be so alarmed. We'd go to the doctor, we'd be trying to fix it. They said, for a lot of us, our spirits are numb and we're not even concerned. A successful life needs to be spiritual, physical, we, you know, educational. We have to ground our and all those things. And I, 
I just, it's the spiritual that brings the, so much of the depth, the beauty, the help, the support. Uh, I, it, it has to be spiritual too. And, and when I, I, I work with clients, I, I don't care where they're at spiritually, but they have to do something in the spiritual realm and, and physical, all eight areas of life mastery. And one of those is spiritual. It can be go for a walk in the woods if that's all you've got or meditate if that's all you've got. But yeah, that spiritual part is just critically important. You got the, uh, and it, these are all inter, uh, integrated one to another, I believe. And you, or you can do the physical things you, you said, such as your check mark system, your tracking system uh, included a uh, spiritual element, didn't it? Uh, if oh, yeah. I recall correctly. Yeah. First thing I put on there was I had always, even though I had been this very wild child and not religious and uh, I was raised around a, a lot of religion in my community, but not my family. Even at that, because when my parents were first divorced, when I was seven, I was the oldest of these four little girls, and my mother was not well prepared to take care of four little girls. And I needed that family to go back together. So I started praying. I didn't even know who, how I learned to do that. But I started praying as a little girl. I did that all my life. I'd come back from partying, you know, be drunk, whatever. <laughs> and I'd sit on my knees and pray. So that wasn't much of an issue. Uh, I know it's a weird thing, but that's how it was. But the um, but morning prayer, I really wanted to have a, a habit of morning prayer. So that was the first thing that went on my chart. So that and daily scripture reading and then a journal and then exercise. And then over the years, more and more and more and more things. But And that still makes my, some of those things still make my my list every day. Not the praying but some scriptural study and that kind of thing. I still do that every day. That's awesome. And uh, I believe that, you know, part of this process of life transformation uh, means we've got to be very cognizant of all these various areas, the physical part, part that has to do with our spiritual life. And, and there's also uh, the emotional uh, elements. And you've already mentioned some, you know, family members and some, some folks in your life. And I, I know that uh, you and your husband are partners in many ways, but let's let's talk about emotions. I believe are kind of the fuel that helps us to do change. I believe that the spiritual life is the the power part. That's the source of the power, and that the fuel that keeps us going is emotions. Let's let's talk about uh, loving relationships, either in your life or perhaps your husband or other people that have been a part of your f- team help you transform and then how you're able to translate that to other people how you share that with other people let's talk about the emotional elements relationships yeah and, uh it happens it just so happens i think the longest chapter in my book happens to be on relationships and they're critically important for so many reasons that it's through our relationships that we in, that we enjoy life and we the people that we enjoy that's all really important but they also important that we kind of bump up against each other and learn some things about ourselves i'm always amazed at how brilliant i am before i actually interact with people in the day. <laughs> but yeah, the satisfaction of a good relationship, a, a good marriage relationship. While I get all the credit for life mastery, my husband and I did this together. I couldn't have done it without him. He was an integral part of the learning process and we worked together and we bet at odds it would have been much more difficult. I am who I am. I'm sure I would have pushed hard to be the best I could be anyway, but have somebody, a, a partner and a close relationship and we have a really, a really marvelous, remarkable people we about all the time how close we are. We really have this very close relationship and I, uh, I wouldn't have wanted to do it. I just, I don't think I could have done it as well. And I wouldn't want to do it by myself. And then I have him as um, to reflect back to me when I'm off, off target, you know, and I miss the mark a little bit. I've got him to talk it through. I just, yeah, the relationships really uh, at the end of the day, most of our happiness just comes from relationships. If not with God, it's been with our, 
our husband, our wife, our children, our friends. That's where all the real joy and happiness comes from life, not having a bunch of money in the bank. Cool. When you got, as you mentioned, it's cool when you're able to iterate those things in such a way that you were able to work through a process and have success in all those areas. That's what everybody wants, really. You know, everybody wants to have success in their life and they get kind of put off in a ditch sometimes by when adverse life happens, when life happens, you know, but the check marks and so on, that's part of that accountability that way. But our relationships uh, can be help us hold us accountable too when we have affirming, loving relationships that uh, help hold us accountable, both uh, marriages you mentioned, and you're also uh, accountable to uh, your clients, I know, and that type of thing that you work with and you develop rapport and relationships that way. It's so it's not just an interchange of, you know, it's just, it's not an exchange of money or anything else like that. It's interchange of life. I'm 65. My kids are like uh, 31 to 45. I've got six of them. <laughs> six of them. And mm-hmm. they're still really the reason I get out of bed in the morning because I've got to show them how to live. Right. I can't just, because they're not my home. I need to show them how, it, it, how you live when you're 65. I need to show them how you grow old, how to grow old. Well, um, and same thing with my clients. My clients are looking to my life. So it does hold me accountable. I can't, I can't, if I have any bad day, I just won't check my, check my tracking sheet today. I can't do that because I've got people I'm teaching that to. I'd be a hypocrite. So yeah, those people that we love are, are held accountable to ourselves a lot too. And a lot of the reason I want to change my life is I had these two at that time, little girls. I wanted them to have everything. I wanted to be the best mother I could be. I, I didn't want to leave them at risk. And so that was one of my reasons for wanting to change too. Yeah, changing and being yeah. accountable to those people. Yeah, that's uh, those those are the most important people to us most of the time. You know, we sometimes we have unfortunate experiences. So you mentioned some unfortunate experiences growing up and that, that that type of thing. But still, you know, family is family. And if we, if we can be a influencer upon uh, our family members. I have three adult children, myself and two grandchildren. And I certainly think about that a lot, especially my two grandchildren are very young. I think about influence on them right now, more just about as more than anything else uh, these days in terms of people who are I'm close to. But I want to talk about process a little bit. Your book's about process. And one of the things I love to be aware of is things like disciplines. I think you have to think and act with uh, discipline in order to really get things accomplished. You've already mentioned that in several ways, but I know your your book uh, is about mastery. You talk about life mastery, and mastery means you practice. You got to practice something, master it. I know you're into the uh, physical fitness world. You don't get uh, don't get better at. Uh, aspect of physical fitness by just doing it once a month or so you got to keep at it tell us what about your process about your program of uh, helping people to get better because you call it a progression first of all this i say about that is i'm just totally just flabbergasted amazed just in awe of human potential just that's what kind of jazzes me up and watching people change it's just everything i just think is awesome but my uh one of the things that's unique about life mastery is i do i do include how the last sections on how I, when I was reading the books and look, I kept thinking, well, I'm all excited to do something. Somebody get me all motivated, but then say, well, tell me what to do and how to do it. What to do. I could probably work out, which I did, but how to do it. I needed somebody to tell me how. So that's one of the things unique about life mastery. And I teach, I teach several skills. One is to have a mission statement. One is to have governing values. So there's some things like that have a big dreams list, but as far as hardcore progression things, I teach three things. One is a tracking sheet that I mentioned which it's about the things that you do, the things that are measurable. I don't believe in smart goals, you know, this 
the specific measurable, uh, what is it, uh, attainable, relevant, and actionable, related. So I don't believe in that for way bigger than that. For action steps, they Mm -hmm. need to be those things. So things that we do, I say put so much money in the bank every week. I work out every day. I drink so much water, eat a certain way. Things that we actually do, I read in my fit, something in my field. Uh, I pray those kind of specific habits, tracking sheet. That's all about the tracking sheet. But sometimes we want things that are not, that are very valuable, but they are not trackable in that way. And so the second system that I teach for the kind of goals, kind of goals, like if I have a goal to smile at everybody, uh, how about this? If I have a goal to be a good listener, how am I going to measure that? I mean, like, did I listen good today? Well, I listened to that one person pretty good. I mean, not that other person so good. You can't really measure that. So to be a good listener, to be kind, to speak well of other people, to laugh easily, uh, things like that that you can't measure, daily written affirmations, and it's the bomb for, for who you are, who you're trying to change. And this is how I discovered that happiness comes from personal progression. That's, where, that's what makes us happy, going towards that infinite potential. So it's through affirmations I actually learned that because the progress comes so fast. And that works like this. You write down the affirmations if it already exists. And that, I know a lot of people do this in the mirror and they say things and I, I got that, but it's not as effective as this, I promise you. If you have a, a I do it in my planner or a notebook and every day you write, and you never miss, I am happy or I am uh, competent or I laugh easily or lately I, <laughs> I picked up this key thing from John Acuff in one of his books. He said, my life is dope, which is a saying, you know, I'm not funny. I thought I'm a 65-year-old woman. I'm like, my life is dope. <laughs> so I put that in my affirmations just for fun. My life is dope. But those daily written affirmations have changed who I am. So is there a certain number that you, you said you write out your affirmations. Do you just kind of make sure you write out one or do you do yeah, several? Say it, maybe, it may, I like to have my clients have at least six. So six to 12 in there because you got to have enough to make you feel like it's worth your time. You write it from memory every day. Once you've got what, really good, strong verbiage, same every day. You'll change them a little over time, obviously. But basically, you write the same thing every day, in, in preferably in the same order. And you just write it every day, first thing in the day. I like to also pray over them because that's how I roll. But every day I write the same thing. I've been writing. I, I don't laugh very much. I have this very serious child, very serious child. I don't laugh very much. Well, I do remember talking that laugh not because it's all my affirmations. But I've been for probably 10 years, I've been writing. I laugh easily and often. Things like that. The things that I want to be. I'm kind, you know, you can do all kinds of things like that and they make a difference. You have to really want it. You have to do it every day and you have to actually write it. It doesn't work to just look in the mirror and say, gosh, I'm great. That's fine, but it's not really going to um, affect you like writing down a serious, powerful, well-worded. And that's a, that's an awesome uh, thing to do. I know that uh, getting better every day reminds me of uh, one of the uh, mentors I have in terms of my, uh, background as a pastor is a guy named John Wesley who founded a religious movement called the Methodist. And anyhow, he talked about perfection. And a lot of people thought he meant, you know, I'm trying to be perfect now. He talked about going on to perfection where perfection is in heaven, but the idea is we get better every day. It's not about an arrogant thing that I'm perfect, but I'm going on to perfection. You got to have something to shoot for to to get better. And I love what you're sharing, sharing there about the affirmation. And that the mission statement affirmation, I think, is so important because it grounds us in our values then. And that kind of sets the tone then. If, if you do it first thing in the morning, as you're mentioning there, then it sets the tone for the rest of the day. And that's a, an awesome thing there. Let's talk for a minute, Sherry, about some of the people you are influencing now. 
your book is something your way you're you're influencing people life mastery personal progression towards infinite potential but you've also had a business that helps influence people in their physical health you've had uh, clients that you're working with taking your life mastery uh, tell us about what you are offering uh, to people through your book and through your your clients and your teaching what kinds of things are people going to get if they connect up with you in one of these ways? I think the main thing is like I was saying before, the tools, you know, first of all, some understanding motivation to know that it is how to be happy is progressing every day. Like you said, we're not going to get there, which is a good news about this life. Good news. Cause you got something to do some areas to work on. I teach eight areas. And I think that that will surprise a few people. Those eight areas is the obvious money, but I, I learned a while back. I realized something was missing and I've added character. So that we're working on our character lifestyle because we're working towards kind of life so there's eight areas to work from there are is um and then the tools to do it and one of the tools that i offer and you get this on my website as well is a personal assessment i'd like to say this about and then the tools i just talked about how to do tracking and how to affirmations also there's another tool for tracking goals called satisfaction checklist it's in the book those are all available uh the assessments available on the web on the website as well as the tracking sheets the one thing i'd like to say about is a lot of people in this genre in this industry are younger people who are writing a book to build a career on i did not do that and then they'll, they'll only teach a little bit because they've got to write another book so they can continue speaking and teaching whatever i'm independently wealthy i don't need to work i do love staying in the personal development realm i love working with people but on my own time schedule so when i wrote this book i didn't think oh this is going to lead me on to great things i really wanted to make a difference in people's lives i wanted to leave people with something useful and had all this information in my head and I'm not getting any younger and I thought how can I give this out to more people and so the book is really really and with all the sincerity of my heart both inspired uh, through a source greater than myself and written deliberately with the intent solely to make a difference in somebody else's life so the book's available I do do some coaching but not very much I do about two to four people at the most because I down to doing too many warm me out we are working on a mentoring program though with some young people been in my program are developing that a mentoring program so that's gonna hopefully launch in the, the fall but that will be their business i don't know that exactly i love the fact that you're hey you have a very clear cognizance uh, sherry about your motivations and where you're coming from on this and how you're choosing to see this as a gift to be helpful uh, to others rather than just a a vehicle or resource to serve your own needs and that type of thing. And that, that, that's awesome. In that process, let's just talk for a minute about the results of that. And then uh, we'll, uh, we'll kind of bring this thing around for a landing here. What I mean by the results, it's not like you've been working with some people. You mentioned some group people there. Tell us a story. You don't have to give names, of course, but the story about a person who you've worked with, who you have seen transformation, some change in their life to go from wherever they were at, whatever situation they were at, to something better. Oh, there's so many, but the one comes right to mind because uh, now I'm working with him. He was here when we first got on the call, leaving as we were having a meeting, but worked together. He worked with me for 14 months. And he just, lots of big ideas. Most of my clients are entrepreneurially minded. So they're trying to get all these big ideas and trying to narrow them down. But he has fallen in love with this program. He carries around his tracking sheets everywhere and his affirmations everywhere. And to watch him go from sort of a, listening, it's kind of an undisciplined young adult to just like a man. It's just been such a fun process to watch him grab hold of these disciplines, uh, to move from undisciplined to 
pulling his life together, overcoming some bad habits, establishing some good habits. It's just been a, a joy to watch. Most of, I don't work with people who are that need counseling, right? I'm working with people who've got are doing good and they want to do better. And he is just, it's been just fun to watch him. I spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago in front of a group of realtors and he was there, um, just happened to want to be there for some reason. So I had him I just talk about Lock Mastery at the end and he stole the show. At one of the women afterwards said, will you, will you mentor me? <laughs> he's not even mentoring, but I said, you tell him yet, tell him yes. So he's just, it's been so fun and brings such joy to me to watch him make changes. Or I can go through all clients. They always just, just, they always just astound me. They're just great. But to, from my perspective, sure, that's what it's really all about. Uh, when you see life transformation happen, it's just nothing better. I mean, nothing better uh, than that. And that's what jazzes me up. That's one reason I'm loving being around my grandchildren these days. One is uh, three and one is about nine or 10 months old. You see those dramatic physical and verbal changes and all that kind of thing. It's just so exciting. But it's also exciting when you see when you work with someone and they're kind of stuck in life. I call it, you know, the kind of that malaise of mediocrity. When you get stuck in those when adverse, when life happens, when a when a COVID crisis happens, or other things, and some people get stuck, and some people find a way to move through it, and people like you are helping people uh, move through it. And when you see that happen, I know from the people who I coach and work with, when I see it happen, when you see life change happen, and people move through adversity, until I like to call a life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Man, there's just nothing better. And you got some good stuff here in your book. And uh, just to clarify, to tell people how they can get the, tell people how they can get the book and get connected with you. On uh, myfmasteryinfo.com, I'm really easy to find. Uh, email me there for some on Facebook and all the usual. Always willing to contact you back. At this point, I can do that. The book is available on Amazon, Mount Life Mastery, A Personal Progression Towards Infant Potential by Sherry Sterling Fernandez. And uh, there's also the free downloads on the website. Lots of great resources there. It's all, you'll find it all at lifemasteryinfo.com. That is uh, Sherry's uh, website. You will also put connections and links at our website, drbradmiller.com. As we always like to provide resources from authors and leaders and teachers who are all about helping you to uh, transform your life. So it's been our guest, uh, our pleasure today here on the Beyond Adversity podcast to have a great leader and mentor who can be helpful to your life. Her name is Sherry Sterling Fernandez, and her she is the author of Life Mastery, Personal Progression Towards an Infinite Potential. Thank you for being our guest today on the Beyond Adversity Podcast. I hope you were as impressed as I was with our conversation with Sherry Sterling Fernandez and her book Life Mastery Journal. She blogs at lifemasteryinfo.com, and you can find out more about her book and her coaching and her resources there, and I commend them to you. One key takeaway here, friends, from today's interview with Sherry uh, Sterling Fernandez is simply this. Make a chart. Make a chart. Have a list of things that you can do in your life. She has eight aspects of life mastery that she charts out, but you know what some of them are for for you. You know what some of them are, those daily disciplines that you need to do, but she talks about writing them out, charting them, charting them, have a check mark or some other system where you check them off on a day-by-day basis. Let's say your habit is... um, is exercise or eating right or personal prayer life or journaling. 
put those on a chart. She has some helpful resources at her website that can help you with this. But put them on a chart and check them off. The power of pencil, the power of writing something down, and the visual uh, cues of making progress is going to be helpful to you. We are here to help you make progress here on the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Please, please, please head on over to drbradmiller.com where we've got a free gift for you there and we can be helpful to you to your life and you can check out over 160 episodes of the podcast where we speak into your life. We're here to be helpful, but it begins, friends, with a choice that you make to change. Don't stay stuck Choose to evolve, choose to move out of your adversity to toward your promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. It's all about making a promise and keeping a promise. And know that in this process, you can get through it. You can do it. Because here at the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, we teach and emphasize that you only grow through the things that you go through. We're here for you every week. Until next time, friends, continue to do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.